got the can. Y'all had to be here. What's goody? <laughs> we here. I did bring a little bit of work with me, but I'm gonna put it up. Nah, keep your work out, man. We stay working, man. They say we look better when we working. That's true. That's what the internet is. Man, fuck work. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Ever since we got uh, let go from that weed place, oh, God, my whole my motto for years has been, nigga, fuck a job. But I have worked a have couple. We told that story on here. I think y'all like kind of brushed on it, but not fully. Y'all ain't fully told the story, but y'all definitely talked, mentioned it. Yeah, that was. That shit was. Fired a nigga on my mom's birthday, bro. I know. <laughs> That's why I remember like the exact day, cause I was like, "Damn, y'all fired a nigga on his mom's birthday." Hell no. Nah. That's really a hate crime. It really is. <laughs> That's a diss to you and your mom. Fuck mm-hmm. But like, you know, we ain't got to tell the whole story or anything like that. But you know, just working working in the weed industry out here, it's very much like any industry where it's. A lot of nepotism in the weed industry that you wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it is just rich white people. Like the company we were working for, it was rich white people that were working in beer. Yep. They ain't know and, shit about and weed. And so they didn't know anything about weed. They just pivoted to, we got money. Let's go to the next thing that people get fucked you up on. You hear that? We go make money off of. And that's just like any industry. Time. It's mm-hmm. like, because they make the certain, like, have you ever looked up? Like, I'm sure any nigga that loves weed and gets really high has looked up, like, how much it would cost to have your own dispensary and all this kind of stuff. And it's oh. like, have you seen like the fees and the tax bro, stuff? Bro, it's up and into the million, bro. You, you need, like, you almost... need a solid one point five million dollars just to start in up. cash just to get it started. Just to get it started. That's yeah. before the weed and all that. And it was so wild too because they had programs in different states where it was legal for people to kind of bypass some of these things, and very few were allowed for black people to have access exactly. to them, if any. Yeah, and we, even, a lot of these programs went to white people or mm-hmm. to women or right. to other people and shit like that. Yeah. And they were under the guise of these are going to be like some minority, yeah. you know, black. But who got the most weed charges, though? Yep. A lot a lot of people even that uh, that also got the, um, like, there was a certain program for them because they had been, they had did time, they, they did time for, for weed, there was a special thing for them to where they got grants to help like start up a business. Oh, and yeah. so a lot of big, big, big like businesses partnered up with these people and took advantage of that. So made millions off wow. of their, off of their like, uh, like essentially like a voucher. <laughs> and it's like a nigga getting a Groupon and he get, he like, you come with me and then you find out a way to make him not enjoy the shit that he just what? helped you get. Right. Yeah. That kind of reminds what you just said kind of reminds me of something the TV industry does as well. So, uh for like if you're a TV writer, you should know about this or you do know about this that there's these things called um fellowships where like most TV networks and a couple companies do these things where like you'll write like an original pilot and it's some some of them they used to, it might still be this, but you write an episode of an existing show that's on their list. Oh, yeah. Then you submit those two, and basically they pick, like, six winners. And it's it's supposed to be focused on diversity, which really means, like, white women and white gay people get most of the spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's supposed to be focused on diversity. And, uh, and so, basically, a lot of people that win these fellowships end up getting hired or staffed to write on a TV show. Mm -hmm. And so how TV shows save money is basically 
the companies that own these fellowships, these networks, they pay for you to be in the room. So you're not actually getting paid. It doesn't go against the budget. So, and then in writing, a lot of people don't know this. The, you're, it's, everybody's not like a writer. So like on my show, like Dave is the co-creator of the show, him and Jeff Schaefer, who, who writes Curb Your mm-hmm. Enthusiasm. So they're the two creators. They probably get paid the most. Okay. Then you have executive producer. Then you have co-executive producer. Then you have producer. Then you have story editor. Then you have staff writer. I was a staff writer. is my first job. So most people are like staff writers for two seasons of a show mm-hmm. and then you're like all right then you want the reason you want to move up story editor gets paid more weekly and then of course producer gets more than story editing on all the way up to the top so like you want to get to the point where every time you get hired in a room you're looked at as like an executive producer or co-executive producer because you've already done that yeah so you're yeah. making way more way more a week so once you get to the point where like all right i don't want to be a staff writer anymore i want to make more money they just cut you and go get the next diversity hire because they weren't paying you any anyway, so why would they give you a raise? They were getting right. they were getting paid to have your have you in the room as a diversity, as a diversity hire. hire. So there's there's like a lot of black people, Mexican people, so gay no people, actually trans people, writers that huh? get stuck at the bottom mm-hmm. in the staff writer thing because they never made it up because they got in at these like diversity spots. And it's just like I was reading about that shit. I was like, dog, that is crazy. So like the industry finds a way to like. Oh, okay, we don't have enough of this type of person in here, so we'll create a space for them to get in, and then kind of like punish you for being a diversity hire. So when I read that, I stopped submitting for those things because I didn't want to be well, that, um, looked at in that yeah. type of box. And you already know what probably is said when you're not around, like, oh yeah, that nigga a diversity. Oh hire. yeah, he of not course, he's he not a real writer. The only oh, that's reason like <laughs> that's like having a job and uh, somebody starts working with you they from it's technically like a temp agency like like oh that nigga he don't really work here he work here <laughs> he don't really know what he's talking about don't really listen to that nigga let me help you hey you, you know it's holiday season we got some new people in this bitch but they don't really work in this bitch yeah. like that. you ain't gonna see him in january all right let that's me. why he that's why he told you the toilet paper was on on our seven he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. That shit is on our two, nigga. Bro, that that's how you like those be the, like you really know people in the trenches when like they work in them seasonal holiday jobs, bro. Mm-hmm. And like those stores will hire like, well, we need like 30 extra people just for Christmas and shit. Mm-hmm. Like all like all the people that sold weed where I was from, that's what that was like when they worked like a real job. They're like, they're right, not they're t- <laughs> no, they hiring niggas down there for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You better go 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 so, get you a job, nigga. Right, hey, Amazon, FedEx, man. Right. So they'll be at, they'll be at the warehouse. They'll be at the warehouse doing that shit, and leave, go sell some weed on their lunch break, and come back. So I, I knew a lot of niggas that was like working like them like Christmas seasonal jobs. Oh my god, they had to have some kind of like pay taxes on something. What what was your first job? Okay, the first job that comes to mind, I was working at this antique shop. How old were you, Texas? I guess. And everybody tell a funny story from that job. Oh, Nick. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. How old were you? I was like 11. Damn, Damn nigga, that's... Well, that's illegal. Well, all right. Well, you talking about first, like, legal, first paper job? No, nah, like, that's your first job. That's your first job. I think it was, like, more yards then. Like, more yards had to be my first job then. Did you do with like, a family member? On payroll. No, nah, like, on payroll, though, for my... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, first job on payroll... Uh, 
I want to say was I was working at Children's Courtyard. I was a what's, fucking what's that preschool yeah. teacher. I was like what? an after school program teacher for first Damn. from first to fifth grade. What was that like? That shit was. I mean, it was cool. It was dope. It was wild, man. Kids are fucking. They say whatever. They are hilarious. But they are wild, bro. Like, Kids are doing some of the most darnest things in these right. classrooms, bro. And they the way they come in, I'm thinking about Michael Jefferson, bro. Michael Jefferson, that was a nigga that was a problem. <laughs> that was a problem. He sound like a little bad kid. <laughs> Michael, Je- Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> bro, that's how everybody talking to him right now, bro. He like, if we can just get you, bro, Michael Jefferson, he was hilarious. He was just one of those kids that you just had to like kind of just pour into a little bit more, yeah. you know. They'll have but more patience. Man, him and his sister used to come to class and they used to be telling their parents business. Oh no. It'd be so bad. Did you ever like come across the parents? Like, hey, what's up? You're doing you're doing Yes. Yeah. All the teachers what's, did. What's like one of the craziest things they said? Well, it was typically the the fighting shit, you know. Oh and it was how my daddy gave my mama yes. a black eye. How yes, how like loose Michael would say it, like God damn them it. fighting. Fuck. Yeah, he <laughs> slammed the door and punched a hole in the wall, and it was like, nigga, you talking about some real domestic shit that you gonna have? That's, this is your. This is gonna be a trauma when you get older. Yeah, but um, one of the coolest things though that like comes to mind is two experience that I had is uh. Overall, like the kids, eventually, you know, when you're around kids, they kind of like pick up your mannerisms and shit. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't take long for these niggas to be copying me and shit, right? They was in class rolling spliffs. (laughs) No. (laughs) Out of piece of paper. (laughs) Mr. Radifer, look. My ratios is good. <laughs> oh no, no! But it would be like certain shit that I say because you know you have like certain shit that you would say to the students and shit that would be like, you know, all right, it's time to get inside, da, da, da. and they'll just repeat like my mannerisms and how I do things. And, like, you know, it's time to eat. We they having sponges, this to the, bro. They sponges. So that was really cool. And then um, singing like. Uh, just weird ass songs, man. Like I knew all the Disney songs. So we used to take the bus, take them to school and shit like that. We played the radio. Yeah, I knew all the Hannah Montana shit. And there was <laughs> one girl we used to sing. Like we used to talk shit about the Disney music, but she was like a rocker. So we used to sing like System of the Down and shit together in the back of the bus and shit. The most loneliest day of my life. It was a bitch, this bitch is in the third grade talking about the most loneliest day of her life. <laughs> you can't even stay at home by yourself. Uh, so those it was it was a fun time. The thing that I regret though is like how I left the job. All the teachers were like on a low key strike, and they were just like. They ain't paying us or not. Da, da, da. They got us working these hours. They got fucking 50 kids in one classroom. That Hell ain't the no. ratio. <laughs> ratio all the Ratio all Crazy all. type of shit, right? And in in the middle of this, teachers are quitting. And it was just like, man, we all decided to quit. Didn't get to say bye to Worker the kids. Worker solidarity, man. Yeah, man. So it was tough. Like It was dope, man. I'm sure most of those kids are doing well. It was a really fun experience working at Teacher's Courtyard. Shout out to them. First job. Man, what was yours, Niles? First job, I was 15 years old, and uh, I started working at a gym in my hometown. The gym that does not exist anymore, but it was a chain. Uh, there was a chain of gyms in Mississippi, in my area, called the Courthouse. 
And basically, the courthouse gyms were owned by this really rich white dude. And the gym I worked at, uh, was it was close to my high school. And so the gym, me and a couple of my friends worked at, was owned by his sister. So his sister was basically like the fuck up of the family. She didn't have nothing going for her, so he just gave her a gym. They sound like righteous gemstones. Literally. No, this, <laughs> that was his family. And so he just gave her a gym. Yeah, You and can she, have the one on South Side. Yeah, and so <laughs> basically she's just like this like middle-aged woman that was like really pretty and worked out a lot because mm-hmm. like she owned the gym and didn't have nothing to do but own the gym. Out. And uh, people ran the gym. So basically... Bro, it was and so but for the late night shifts, bro, it was just a bunch of niggas that worked up there. And so we was all like 16, 17. It's our oh, first job. No. This Mississippi, bro, like we was making eight seventy five an hour. Yeah. Like I had adults that was jealous of me. They were like, You damn, you make eight seventy five up there? You think you could talk to somebody? I'm like, No, nigga. Cause we was up there, we'd be blasting rap music up at the front. We bro. were we was stealing out the register at the end of the Yo. night, shortening the register, stealing drinks. We was like then uh, there was a raisin canes right beside it. Ah, nigga. So like one person would cover the register and somebody would go get raisin canes. Hell yeah, I would have got your money out the register. Bro. Go get me a candy. And the gym was ran so bad, bro. Like, like I remember, like she had an office, but she didn't like do work in the office. She just used the office to cheat on her husband. Mm. So nigga, I'm working at the register. And all I'm hearing in her office, uh, uh, what? Uh, oh my uh, God. Daytime ha- or nighttime? <laughs> daytime, nigga. It was like a Saturday. Get that daytime, nigga. Oh, <laughs> and so I'm having to act like this shit not happening right now. <laughs> like she's not fucking this bodybuilder. <laughs> like she not married with three kids. That Whoa. shit was crazy. It was like it was like a like <laughs> I could write a whole TV show on me and my friends working at that. Show. Oh, nigga, I used to work at a gym too, nigga. So ah man, bro, it was crazy. And then like you met my y'all, you met my friend, uh, my friend Madison, Madison. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. worked. He worked at a courthouse gym in another town, and so what he would do is he would like come to mine to and clock in at his from the system and, <laughs> and just chill. I'm working, but I'm not at work. Yeah, because the manager over there didn't really care. Mm-hmm. And so like I remember one time we had a track meet and our schools was competing against each other, and uh, and he was like, "Hey, you trying to ride with me up to the courthouse real quick?" I was like, "Why?" He's like, oh, "I gotta go clock out, nigga." Nigga, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, <laughs> We at school. What you mean? He's like, nigga, I be clocking in while nigga, when we had lunch and shit. I used to do the same <laughs> shit. I would not clock out for my lunch. I wouldn't clock out after I got off work because on my lunch, I would go hoop. After I got off work, I would go That's hoop. Hilarious. I would just hoop for hours. And then like, I live like <laughs> maybe like three blocks away. Yeah. I would get home, but oh shit, I forgot to clock out. Right. Well, let me go up there and clock out. Because bro, like, because. <laughs> uh, that would be so fun too, because then you could just have, you know, you some jobs you just have friends clock you out. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to clock out, man. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Bro, what so, time you leave? Well, now, so we had, we had a track meet, bro, and like he threw shot put, won the shot put, and he was like, damn, I'm basically like a professional athlete. I got paid to, to beat. Right, guys, He's like, yes. I, I got paid to beat y'all niggas today. And it, But here's the thing, like you was clocking, not clocking out on your lunch. This nigga was clocking in on days he wasn't scheduled to work. Oh hell no! Nah. <laughs> and nothing was happening because the manager didn't care. And there was like a and so there was like a rule, an unwritten rule at the courthouse gyms that everybody knew that um, because the managers were so lazy and people didn't really know how to work the payroll system, if you left yourself clocked in, they wouldn't correct it because they didn't feel like it. So you would get all that money. Yep, so they, so they, so they told you like they were like after you work here for like two two months. Accidentally forget to clock out on a late night shift, and I remember I was like going on a date with this girl, and I needed some money, so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna stay." So, bro, my check was like so much money, 
And like they're like, oh, just don't do it again, because like they just didn't want to do the work. It was ran by the laziest people in the world. Oh my god! Like, Damn. like my boss, my boss, like he would get he. The only thing he got mad about is if you called him sir, because he didn't want to feel old. But the nigga was old. He was like in his forties. Oh, I was in his forties, and man. I'm a southern dude. Be, yeah, wow. that's part. Yeah. I'm gonna call you sir, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> like, that'd be that'd be wild if everybody kind of coordinated. They late check yeah. day on the same day. <laughs> But yeah, I wanna I wanna write a TV show about so like, all six of y'all then still yeah. forgot the clock out, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like we had we had this nigga that, at the gym that like was just like he was just hella into conspiracy theories and he would say wild shit. Bro, I met so many people. Shit, at the gym. People That's how I got my gym, job bro. at the bank was from working at the gym. Really? Because then I, I knew everybody and I would just be talking to them. I was nineteen. I would be telling them like they would like they would come in and ask like how's your day going this and that and as time progressed I'd be like nigga fuck this job nigga. <laughs> right 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 I don't right, want to work right. here bro right, like I right, got right, right. so much shit and like like would, Arthur's changed yeah he was so much happy and then they would watch me play them. basketball they're like oh damn you good man like, yeah I shouldn't be working here <laughs> <laughs> nigga should be in the NBA right now for real I'm over here. Helping y'all niggas get fucking helping y'all <laughs> cleaning these goddamn. And I was working in the kids club. Man, that was something. Dude, my first job. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like 12. Yeah, 12 or 13. Yeah, I was smoking weed already too. So that was about 13. <laughs> nigga. Bills to pay. <laughs> yeah. Nigga weed said. bills, nigga. <laughs> I was smoking weed too by that time, nigga. He <laughs> had some kids and shit to feed. <laughs> I was growing some plants in the front yard. Them hoes need water. Them hoes need water. <laughs> I was bro. going through some shit at twelve. Oh, bro, I was uh, my first job was it's- in Santa Clarita. Well, like Cane Country, same shit. Um, I lived in like where these apartments are. This is like probably four different apartment complexes, big ones like River Ranch, River Park, the Colonies, and shit is that. So was, uh, I lived in River Ranch, the Colonies down the road. They had a job, uh, they had a job posting for a motherfucking sign twirler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is when this shit mm. first came out. Mm-hmm. Hell no! Nah. Flipping it Hell around and nah. shit. Because I didn't, I didn't wow. want to get a job at all. Like, because my mom's like, you can get a job, I can get your money. I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. I, I hated taking the bus. That's like the ultimate barker. Nigga. Like you was made to do stand-up. <laughs> I, nigga, I, I hated that shit. Because then, too, like, out there, even, uh, even shit, niggas that we went to high school with, people would, would go work at Magic Mountain for, like, a summer and shit I like that. that. And I think I was going to do this for, like, my summer job. And, uh, bro, that shit was terrible. Tell us I about it. only lasted for, like, two weekends, nigga. <laughs> I, you know it's like and the worst part about it was it wasn't like not in my neighborhood nigga there's like oh there's probably like six seven apartment complexes that were big over there and like we all would go through all of them like we would run from the police and we like cut holes in the fence through different apartments so we could just whoop go through whoop, 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 whoop. like that's how connected they were so it's like i'm 13 being a sign twirler at like the corner of my neighborhood, nigga, <laughs> everybody was passing like, nigga, what? What are you doing out here? What the fuck? Look at this nigga, Arthur. This right. nigga, we. What the fuck, Arthur on, nigga? We not fucking with him no more. This nigga this twirl nigga. signs. You look like a crackhead, nigga. <laughs> that shit is wild. Bro, it, it only took like a few times for me to see people I knew. 
And I was like, nigga, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> fuck my own money. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to find it another you with way. your little sign. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the colonies were like kind of like the nicer apartments around there, too. It's like, nigga, I don't even live in these bitches. I live in River Ranch, nigga. Like... <laughs> Advertising some shit that Yeah <laughs> Nigga you don't even live there I can't nigga. even get in this bitch yeah. <laughs> I got friends that live in there And the fucking office be tripping Cause they see me pull up nigga <laughs> And too my boss This piece of shit ass nigga This nigga was like Oh yeah make sure you're twirling the sign Make sure you're twirling it <laughs> Nigga I'm 13 nigga Like that's just gonna make it pop like niggas gonna be like, you know what? I almost moved in across the street. Uh-huh. But that nigga was that's- outside twirling that goddamn sign. I said, I gotta get a room here. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga threw it up in the air and caught that shit. <laughs> goddamn debutante. I was so mad because there were like other people that I worked with too, and like, like we all had like different spots. I had the closest spot. These niggas out there learning the tricks and like doing other shit like, yo, yeah, that's cool. That's cool, Arthur, man. Maybe you could like try something like that. Like, <laughs> hell no, nah, nigga. Fuck no. They you know training. How, you know how heavy that shit is at 13, nigga? There's that shit like, for that like shit. six feet long, nigga. And so the, and it was hard to, to even like ride back to the office because I have to ride to the leasing office, pick it up, and then ride to my corner on my bike. And so it was like the, that fucking big ass sign would catch the wind, nigga, and I'd be, it was embarrassing. But yeah, my, my bitch ass boss, this nigga would come out there he, he told us about toilet. Keep make sure you twirling the fucking sign. And he was like, "Cause you never know, I might be watching." This nigga will pull up, man. Fuck you. <laughs> Why the fuck are you watching me? So funny. I'm 13. I'll be saying, "Fuck up." <laughs> it's Santa Clarita. It's hot out there too, nigga. So you gotta watch out for his car. <laughs> gotta watch out for this nigga. Like I will be sitting down, chilling, chilling, and think I see his car. I'm like, oh, oh, let me get this fucking sign. <laughs> oh Two weekends, God. nigga. I quit. I quit with no hesitation. I was like, nigga, fuck this job. That's hilarious. All right, so that's your first, that was everybody's first job. Yeah. What's your worst job? Ooh. Oh, man. Damn, I'm trying to think. I don't even feel like I'm bad. I think you said all of them bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, worst? Nah, there's definitely got to be a worse one. I, I know mine. Starting being a waiter, nigga. Oh, I was about to say it was that waitress nigga, job, huh? nigga. I was a waiter at a diner in fucking hot ass Mississippi in the summers, bro. Two in summers, the summers, two summers in a row, bro. And this diner did not have AC. This is a Mississippi diner, and I'm making two dollars an hour, nigga. Oh hell no, nah. two dollars an hour, bro. Oh hell no, nah. because <laughs> you be you be sitting, you know, you can get at work count your money. You're like, all right, I'm gonna work six hours and work eight hours today. Shit, okay, what's that looking like? Okay, I'm gonna, nigga, I don't know, two I'm grams, six, nigga. <laughs> two dollars, like, bro, it was like, I can't even get a full. That's about sixteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna take taxes out of that. <laughs> they don't. Sometimes they wouldn't even give you the check because it's like you would just get mad if we even gave this to you, bro. Because like, and like I said it before, that shit was like low key. That was diet slavery, nigga. <laughs> Whoa. For real. $2 an hour, nigga, that's slavery. That's sharecropping. That's sharecropping wages, nigga. Them sharecropping great grits. That's diet slavery. <laughs> nigga said diet slavery. Oh, bro. my. Oh, my God. Nigga, that is. It was sla- Bro, $2 an hour, nigga. You had to depend on tips. In America. And you had to depend on tips. And here's the thing. This is the South, bro. So I had racist white people coming into this diner. You think they about to tip my ass, bro? Hell no. Come on, man. That shit was terrible. Like, that shit is why I'm a good person. Because it just just beat me down to the core, nigga. Like, 18, 19 years old. 
working this shitty job, cleaning the toilet. If somebody ordered a dessert, you got to make the fucking dessert. You was making dessert? <laughs> Nigga, I'm not Bobby Flay, but I'm back there putting desserts together and shit. Mad as, mad as fuck with gloves on, putting the fucking, making ice cream sundaes and banana splits. <laughs> and like, we served waffles, and so, like, you could, like, customize waffles, nigga. I used to hate when people would order, like, these, like, complicated-ass waffles. So I'm having to put strawberries and whipped cream and sprinkles on the waffles. Nice. Nigga. <laughs> you can't just throw them on it. They gotta be nice. You, gotta, you just don't want a regular waffle. Really? Uh, <laughs> He said, you shouldn't put all them ingredients on the menu, I got nigga. strawberry syrup. <laughs> and I, look, I, I, no way I ever discount slavery. I know this. I know slavery was bad. But Horrible. decorating a waffle for a five-year-old white girl was the most demeaning shit. <laughs> How'd you get back for the second summer? Because I needed a job when I was home from college. Oh, damn. From college? Bro, fuck that shit. I needed money. In college. God damn. I needed weed. <laughs> like, this shit was trash bro And like I used to feel so bad And like the, uh, It was me and my homie Damon You met Damon too yeah. And it's like bro Like I used to Like the other people That worked there Hated on us Cause like We You know Two young handsome dudes We was getting The best tips Out of everybody And it wasn't great yeah. And so I'd still be mad About the tips I got And like But there was people there Like trying to support Families and shit like, I remember this one lady was a grandma. She had, like, and her grandkids is living with her. Hell she, no. She's 60-something years old working doubles, bro. I remember this one girl. She was pregnant, nine months pregnant, about to pop working a double because she needed as much money as possible. In no AC. Because the nigga that got her pregnant wasn't shit. And so it's just mm. like, bro, like, it, it, like, I remember just being like, damn, like, I'm just doing this to, like, get some J's and some weed and, like, to get a new PlayStation. Don't tell them that. <laughs> no, I, that's not like I uh, like. I remember like the first day I was like, oh damn, I got a good tip. Like I was hyped, and one of the niggas pulled me to the side like, hey bro, don't uh, don't tell don't tell them niggas about don't your tips. <laughs> they gonna try to fuck you over. And so there was nights where like I was getting cut, or like the hostess would like skip me and shit. Like oh my mm. bad, I didn't mean to. Like nah, y'all niggas working against me. Fuck y'all, because mm. I was eighteen, making more money than them and damn. shit. Like that. It was the worst job ever, bro. Cutthroat. It was the worst job ever. What was your worst job? Mm. Uh, there's one that comes to mind. I'm sure there's other ones, but I was working at. I had this under the table job. Woo. Yeah, so be the ones. Be the ones. And it was at a hotel or what? Quote unquote, they was calling the hotel, mm -hmm. but essentially, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what they was calling the hotel? What well, the? F where right. the fuck was it? It's not too far from here. It's, oh, it's off of Wilshire. <laughs> it's kind of where you used to live at. Not too far from there in, okay. in that area. And what they did was they figured out a way to squat and take over an old nursing home. What? Yeah, it was like an old nursing home that had been like renovated but not like renovated but it had been emptied and like just abandoned basically right so it was still like in this old condition but they had went in there put beds in there in every room it was like over 300 rooms three floors in this bitch and they started renting it out as like a low budget hotel for like 100 to 200 dollars a night people would stay there and shit like that and it was kind of like a, a hotel in a weekly you know but people was in that bitch doing meth. Oh yeah, coke, fucking, fucking, everything, right? And it's like no, no schedule, no nothing. And I had to go in each room and clean the rooms, 
fucking clean the toilets, like do needles and everything, bro. Oh my god. And these niggas did not want to pay me on time. <clears throat> so I, I can imagine. Poke one of their ass with that it's probably with they didn't, needles. It's probably they didn't want to pay you on time. They couldn't pay you on no, time. No, they had no. They had the money? They was making hand over fish money. Damn. People was in that bitch. Bro, it was crazy because that way, however they put the hotel, wherever they advertise the shit, you had a lot of people coming in international, you know, coming in just like out of the country looking for a place to stay in LA. So mm-hmm. this would be a cheap ass like hotel hostel alternative. Really low budget, simple shit. You just got a bed. They advertise that shit. Microwave. Put it on any Craigslist, put it in a hostel. Oh, yeah, There's plenty, plenty of places, ways to do it. Bro, they was making hell. There was always people in that bitch. But the crazy thing, I knew it was all right. My first day, that, snitched on I them. knew it was gonna be bad. I know I wanted to. Cause I was upset. <laughs> I was low key hating the way they was making all that money. I was like, these niggas, niggas stealing and this heroin in this bitch. These niggas, these niggas don't even own this bitch. <laughs> so, bro, I should have. I, I should have known it was gonna be a problem though, because as many people it was in that bitch renting out rooms, there was as many people coming back. Saying that they've been overcharged on their credit cards, <laughs> they wanted their money back. <laughs> yada yada yada, nigga. My first day, there was a big ass argument. The police showed up in the front, and da, 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 da. they was, yo, these people done took our money. They done charged us for these many nights. Da 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 da. We was only here for. <sighs> so, yeah. That was your first day. That was my first day. I was in that bitch with a vacuum. Red, <laughs> red flag. With a vacuum. But it was cool. You know, it was it was fucked up because. Just like the show that I got to do last night in St. Louis. Shout out to uh, Tenario and uh, Black Charles at, over at the Legacy and shit. Shows that, you know, you're able to smoke at are fun shows, you know? And it was just like that. The jobs that I'm able to smoke weed at, you take the, the little L's that come with me. For the luxury. The L is the luxury. <laughs> So on the break, me and the other employees would find rooms or find like little areas that weren't rented or where the people didn't trip or smoke weed. Bro, I got to smoke with some of the guests. Well, I bet. Even the manager was like, I "Oh, you want to smoke with the here, here y'all? Here y'all <laughs> towels. A couple of baddies that okay. came in from <laughs> this blunt. Here, thank you for the towels, my nigga. <laughs> Damn, that's wild. Uh, yeah, it's very uh, it was horrible though. It's, I don't even know, my, but I'm sure there's been more jobs that I've had, other jobs that I've had, where it's like similar to what Nas is saying, not to that level, but it's like there's definitely areas of mistreatment where you're like, bro, why am I dealing with this shit? Yeah, I, mean, I need to be in this bitch. I'm not making that much money. I got these people up over me and shit like that. This is not fun. But my waiter job at Cheddar's was fun. Dude. We was getting that bitch cracking. Really? <laughs> we used to, we used to put. <laughs> We used to cut out Toys R Us kids and put it in the billfold and put it on the table. <laughs> Niggas would open it and be like, oh my gosh, you got a baby? He looked just like you. <laughs> Nigga, the tip would be fat. <laughs> Nigga, we used to get crazy tips. We used to be hooking up in the freezer and shit. Nigga, we was getting wild at Cheddar's. Nigga, Cheddar's used to crack. <laughs> Damn. So y'all was putting pictures of. <laughs> Hold on, nigga. The homie would have his kid in his bill for. I'd be like, let me get the. Did you already put the check down? Like, yeah. Let me get the picture then. I take his baby picture, put it in my billfold, put it on the table. Nigga, tip go up ten times, bro, than it usually would. Bro. Uh, I wish I would have got like like Instagram. <laughs> this little nigga was in the last thing that came uh-huh. in, but it was Tyrone, baby, not yours. So uh-huh. who's? 
Yeah, the homie had. So a either baby. y'all niggas together, right, right, or somebody lying. Right, right. I would have like, like both y'all niggas kiss right now, right. kiss right now. I'm not giving you this steal. Show <laughs> 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 lying ass. For real, kiss one, this nigga. We could have got caught like that. Hell yeah, but are one of y'all niggas? Both of y'all niggas dating the same girl. One of y'all niggas helping raise the other nigga baby. <laughs> yeah, one of you niggas is a loser. I'm going to find out who, yeah, whoever the loser is, that's who I'm going to tip. <laughs> For real. <laughs> that shit used to crack. Niggas used to be upset. The girls used to be mad because we was getting tipped more than they was and everything, bro. It was, oh, no. We have to figure it out, bro. Like, what well, now I'm just saying the pay is low. Yeah. You gotta finesse it, bro. Every job that you at, you already figuring out like, all right, man, how can I make this shit better than what it really is? Yeah. Yep. Cause so, I know they could be giving bro, me I, more. I love Cheddar's. It's, just, it's like a fancy Applebee's. <laughs> I ain't been there. It's dope. Well, it's only like in, it, you must have worked there when you were like in North Carolina. Nigga. I was in Texas. Like, okay, see, it's a big Texas spot. In fact, we went, me, Austin, me, I mean, when we were in Austin, me, John, and Deuce went. Um Yadoya mm. too, and then there was one in Mississippi, and like when I was in high school, <clears throat> my high school girlfriend, she wanted to go there like all the time. So me and her mom would just be at Cheddar's all the time, and it's just mm-hmm. like big plates of food. It's just yeah, it's a the very Monte much Cristo. Like, yeah, it's a be very, going down. Yeah, it's very much like a southern chain of stuff. It's just like a, it's like a fancier Applebee's. It's, it's, food's good though, man. Yeah, none, Cheddar's went down. And none of my uh, jobs compare really. I've only had, damn, like only a few jobs. The gym. The sign bullshit. I don't even count. <laughs> the gym, the bank for like five, six years, then the RV place, Oof. and then the that's two. I, I met you when you was working at the RV. Show. Yeah, I was working at the RV place, which wasn't that wasn't the worst. And then I worked at the two weed places. I say like probably the last job I had was working at. Well, one of the last jobs I was working at the weed place, working for Lowell. Oh, doing the packaging and doing shit, the joints and shit, nigga. And it, I met hella cool people there, but it was just like the job was just bullshit. The environment was trash. Like I wanted to swing on my manager every day because <laughs> <laughs> this nigga will be talking to everybody crazy, and I would make eye contact with this nigga. Like, bro, you bringing all this like, just like cokehead stress into this room, nigga. We are putting weed into fucking jars, right. nigga. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. This is not Iraq. <laughs> That's how he was acting. He was he's a veteran. She's like just tripping, doing too much. I was like, and and he, you know, he was like powdering his nose and stuff. So it was like, damn. Well, if you don't chill, I'm a ten hut. Yeah, a ten hut with this fucking eighth in my hand. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your ass. Everybody knew too. Everybody knew I did not like that nigga because we were obviously everybody coming to work high as fuck. Right. This nigga coming there tripping and like. You blowing my high, nigga. yeah, like bro. I'm a the way you talking to everybody, like is you act like you want to put your hands on people, you know. And some of my coworkers, but Arthur just just chill. And I was like, yeah, I just I don't want to work here no more, man. This is <laughs> this is a toxic work environment, right? And you know, I would do it in front of everybody just to know, <laughs> just so everybody know. Yep, I'm the manager now, nigga. And guess what? Y'all can do whatever the fuck y'all want. <laughs> don't listen to this, nigga. And then they let us go. That's like you know the weed industry, but I think one of the hardest jobs has been this comedy shit. Oh yeah, it's hard every day. <laughs> shit, it's hard every day because it don't stop, and it's not really a job. And it's not really a job. It don't ever stop. 
This shit looks fun. It is fun. It's fun. It's fun as fuck. But it's yo, fun times. It's hella testy, and it's it's also very hard. I because th- I think with comedy, it's like what we do is fun. Like what we do, our own thing. It's just kind of like the environment, the environment surrounding it, and just kind of the things you get associated with. That shit's not fun. Because like me and Marcus, like I picked Marcus up from the airport, and we were just talking about how like I was like, damn, like I started comedy when I was twenty one. And I just started it as this thing that's like, I want to make my writing better. Yeah. I just, I just, so I just thought, yeah, I'm gonna be around funny people. It's cool. I didn't, I didn't sign up to be around all these like weird, oh, like these weird people, bro. These niggas that need like you find mental help. Yeah, like people that literally just, people that like really need like like real help mentally because they're just so traumatized or you got like these weird narcissist type people uh-huh. that don't care about people's feelings and then like you got these like. Or people who are just straight up abusers or yeah, predators, pedophiles, yeah. predators, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm 21. I just wanted to tell jokes, bro. I didn't know I was going to. People that's creepy around women and shit, making people feel uncomfortable. Like, that shit was like a real, like, rude awakening. Like, I was like, I did not know getting into comedy meant I was going to have to navigate all these these weird people. Yeah. I grew up in the hood, like, around gangbanging and shit. And, like, yeah. <laughs> this shit is crazy, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Like, Cause it doesn't matter. It don't. Like, and it's, just, it's like it's we comedy. Don't, why are you doing? All yeah, this? we don't have to do this. Well, I guess game banging too. You don't have to do this shit either. But it's it's like a systematic. <laughs> it's a systematic right. thing. Well, there's there's a reason people join gangs. Mm-hmm. It's for you know. Yeah, and gangs started because white people was harassing black exactly. people. Exactly, and, and shit, then also so. it's just like the acceptance or mm-hmm. you need protection that yeah. kind of thing. Like, I mean. People Damn, talk, sometimes it's, people, in your, it's like nepotism. Yeah, yeah, people talk down on like gang stuff. It's like you don't really know people's situation or why they got into it. Yeah. But then I saw a video. Uh, Gilly was talking about niggas that still be on like street shit at like 35, 36. Cause, oh, yeah. Because like you wasn't like a real like street nigga. Because like if you was in the street like as a teenager and in your 20s, you'd be done. By the time you get to 30 something, you yeah. done with that Hell shit. Hell yeah, nigga. But that, that's like, a, especially out here, there's a lot of people that like become like a gang member or some shit like later after on after high school bro yeah, it's just well, weird. after high school man that's corny you a whole ass adult now what you mean you rep in a neighborhood yeah, that's you crazy are, you ain't in no danger now the homie was telling me niggas out here claiming bop and that's some shit that what we just that? made up on we was, well, was on point right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like we got like gang encyclopedias in our right. brain <laughs> that's crazy and that was like some shit that it was kind of just like some shit that was not really a gang gang like that. It was just it was uh-huh. kind of like a phrase. And now people are claiming it. Oh, Bob a, was at Silmar too. It was like bitches on point. These yeah. I got high cousins and that shit. These bitches had hands and they yeah. pulled to your school and whoop your motherfucking mm-hmm. ass. Oh my god. Nigga, <laughs> I swear to God. And if they couldn't whoop your game. ass, guess what? They got brothers and cousins that they would. would. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't think you won, nigga. Yeah, that was the thing. There was hella like crews, which was like offsets of gangs. Mm-hmm. Hella like little groups and shit that just like what Arthur said that would <laughs> they would have parties and whoop your ass. Yep, and all whoop. at the same time. At the same time. And you going to the the bot party? Yep. Yeah, you know they're gonna be shooting there, right? Yeah, yeah, you know somebody that, that nigga shot. deserved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't go there tripping. You'll have talking a- shit on MySpace. Yeah, you'll have a good time, but it's like uh, you go up in there tripping. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, man. Yeah, that shit. That was. A, yeah, uh, it is. I think like there should be almost like a combine for comedy <laughs> or some shit. There needs to be a way to like 
There's got to be a weed, weave out. Like, there's got to be a weeding out process. No, I think it's too many comedians. What I what Way I too many. what I like about certain comedians and certain artists that have like this energy of being a purist. Yeah, this nigga got the Mississippi sweats. I got the New York sweats now. New York was fucking hot as fuck. Yeah, St. Louis was nice too. Um, that feels much better. But it's like, yeah, man, there needs to be somewhat type some type of barometer or measurement for navigating this shit because comedy is so easily accessible people think that everybody has access to humor and we do we do everybody has their own style of humor but comedy as a business and as an art form people i think they can easily jump into it because comedy has this open invitation yeah yeah type of career trajectory hobby fun in every area of activity of just like fun and shit like that like comedy has an overlap to where people feel invited it's a oh and those are like the parties that we was talking about open invitation parties are completely different than invite invite only parties bro Bro, open invitation, you got the whole city. You don't know who gonna pull up. At that bitch. Who gonna do what, where they from, what they do. What their intentions are. Yeah. We had a party like that. Too many. And there's uh, been too many parties like that. Yeah. These niggas was like, Oh yeah, we're gonna shoot up we're gonna shoot up the party or like shoot outside the party to like in the party. And uh them niggas got guns put up put on ass like, yeah, y'all gotta leave. Damn. Like we found out. Y'all gotta leave. We found out. Yeah. Right. And then they still like tried to do the shit down the street, but it was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's too cool. way no. too many people. Like right. anybody could just start doing comedy. Which is which I like that though. But it's cool. I, but I like the that, start. That, that part is cool, you know? It's like anybody could start it, but then like you can keep it's weird how you can keep doing comedy and keep being bad at it. Yes. And say like it's right. it's what I do. Like yeah. Right. No, nah, right. tell people right. you bad. I feel like once once you get into year three, there should be like a comedy Olympics type thing where it's like a showcase. And if you don't have a good set, you have to quit. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, you gotta quit. I feel that. And, and it needs weed, to be like weed people Paris. out in year three. Can I ask right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to be like I guess we gotta decide like who are some of the Paris comics that are probably not known that well and we'll figure out that who that is, but it's like don't mess judges. Yeah, it should be like, too. Like we need some people. Yeah, with like some attitude of like, nah, nigga, that shit was garbage. Right. Go work on that shit. Yeah, it was garbage, later. and your confidence yeah, that I, is with it makes right. it even worse. Because what if we had worse. a delusional? What, what if we had a year three weed out point, and then we had like then also the people to hear year ten, if you have a set and you kill it, they find a way for you in the industry, like where that's a writing right. job. A special right. something like it sounds like a comedy like yeah because union. It, there's too many people but in this like, business that have been create... doing this shit for ten years plus. Yeah, I'm one of them. And right, and but they not getting no industry love. They are not doing this, and then you just have some white person doing crowd work that's going viral on Instagram, getting everything. Like, yeah. bro, I be seeing these clips, and I be like, this is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was that tweeted about it. And it started like a whole thing on the internet. But they're like, a lot of these crowd work clips are awful. Like they're not good. They're not funny. And, and it's but but for some reason the algorithm loves it. And it's just like a lot of these like these white comics doing these crowd work clips. And I'm like, dude, I've seen you perform. You can't do a yeah, real like, joke. Yeah, I want to see what what was the rest of the set like. Right. Yeah, you're not gonna see that. 
Right, nah, they don't want to show that. They're like, That's nah, right. I don't want to burn my material. It's like, nigga, you ain't got no material. None. Zero. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad, bro. It, and like, I'm just tired of like, People seeing comedy shows and being like, "Oh, that's stand. That's what stand up is." It's yeah. like, no, it's not, because like, there's so many people, especially like my age, like in their twenties on the internet, that like really think stand up is some like old white dude or like some out of touch forty or fifty year old person that they yeah. don't know is somebody. Some Def Jam is, shit. Yeah, they don't. Ta-ha! Right. <laughs> <laughs> women, women be shopping like hey you know, now, <laughs> and they, they don't know that there's like people their age talking about the shit they they can really relate they to. can relate to yeah and so like that's so, when like people meet me or like they come and show they're like oh my god like you're a real comedian this is crazy like yeah I'm like what do you mean real comedian what is fake comedian yeah nigga I does this what is a fake comedian well I think there's definitely fake comedians out there yeah, there's definitely people placating as comedians. The internet actually helps. We gave him a lot. All I gotta do is uh slide the selection thing and click a button. That's it. Comedian. There you go. Mm-hmm. Because bro, and then it's just like the amount of people that just like they get a lot of followers, and they I think and that's the thing about this internet shit is like people will get a following, and like the number of followers gives you like this value or whatever, and so when you get to a certain amount. You really feel like infallible in a way, but comedy doesn't work like that. If you don't put the work in, if you don't really go to the people and tell the jokes and like work shit out mm-hmm. and hitting stages every night, shit's not gonna be good. It don't matter if you got eighty k or a hundred k or whatever. Yeah, right. Like that, just because you said something online that went viral or you did this, doesn't mean whatever you do on stage next is good. Yeah, you really gotta you put can't. the work in, time in. And you so, can't. It's, you can't like. You can't skip the line, right. really. That's what you I really you can, you can tell that a lot of those people that have like a lot of followers, they think they can skip the line and don't mm. have to put the real stand up work in. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I got, very I, got, that I got a million followers. Why would I sit and wait at an open mic? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They feel that way. And they're diluting the product when they do that shit. I had I basically had the same back and forth with the homie who was out in St. Louis who doesn't know anything about comedy. And he's telling me, yo. In three months, I can be a comedian. Shut up. He said in three months. I mean, in name, I guess. He was like, I can I can come up with a character. No. I can get hella followers. I can start going on tour in three months by being a comedian. He was like, I'm going to prove it to you. I can do this shit. And it probably could happen. And I was just like. It's not going to be good. but That's what I said. Because he told me one of his first jokes that he was working on. And I ain't even gonna repeat. I don't want to know. I don't want to know it. I wouldn't even. I ain't even gonna repeat. What was your response though? Okay. I said no. I said you can try that if you want to. (laughs) Black people say that. That means don't do that. Uh, Try it if you want to. I said you can try that if you want to. I was like, hell no, that shit ain't gonna work. That's so funny. Black people, we just we just have like our sayings, uh, <laughs> like when they're like, black people are like, oh, honey, I'm gonna pray for you. Like, <laughs> no, they not. Nope, that was the prayer. Yeah, that's I mean, what like, they say. Yeah, that was the prayer. I really want to go off on your ass, but I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, there's very few that have like put in the work. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you can't you can't cheat the work. You can't then, cheat. You can't like bypass the yeah. steps. And everything and everything in this industry, we were talking about this how. Comedy on the ground, grassroots level has 
surpassed mainstream. Like, for yeah. instance, and y'all buy tickets for this, we throwing an independent comedy festival right. <laughs> this month. Right. And it's just like, there's not a lot of people that's going to be in this festival that's been doing comedy over 10 years. Uh-uh. So this is kind of unheard of what we're doing, you know what I'm saying? It really And is. so it's just like, the, like the way we've progressed, but but everything in this industry is based off of like numbers and a capitalistic mindset. Very so capitalistic. Seeing a million followers by somebody's name for an industry person, that's, oh, I don't have to work as hard anymore. I don't have to push this person. I have to promote. It's already all there. So that's if that's what you're going to go for first, you got all this at the bottom that's working on the craft and funny and all this kind of shit. You're just going after somebody that's got a million followers or whatever. Because, like, I'm not going to say any names, but during the pandemic, there was this person that, like, blew up on like i think it was tiktok or something and like they got like a special on netflix and it was bad and and but people were like i can't believe that they would put something like this out and i was like you think they care about they the quality fuck, of it? right or the craft no they're making money right i get it like i don't get mad when any of these streamers netflix hbo hulu whoever when they or amazon i watched the special during the pandemic i watched a TV star do a special on Amazon that might be the worst thing I've ever watched on TV. Yeah. And I've watched some bad things on TV. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, you can't get mad at these streamers. They making money. They they don't care about the quality. Yeah. You think they really sitting back watching specials being like, oh, that wasn't a good punchline. Let's uh <laughs> tell them to punch their setup and then we'll come back and tape it. Uh, no, nigga. Hell no. <laughs> if you got enough followers and you got enough fan base or you was a TV star in the 90s, they going to point the camera at you and say nigga talk for an hour and we going to put this shit out. The niggas making right. money, they ain't even there. No. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, "Let me check my balance." Hell yeah, which I want to eat. Exactly. They don't care. They not even checking their balance. Hell no. <laughs> they don't care if the shit's good. <laughs> and so it's just like, yeah, it's, but it, it's it, almost like if it's cornier the better. Really? Hey, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember people were like, oh, you should do you should do more sketches. You would do more sketches. And I was just like, nah, that's not what I want to focus on. And I know that shit and that's in my heart. And And you want to build your yeah, brand. Yeah, and if I if I if I do that, I really gonna like I'm just selling myself out, honestly. That shit ain't even, for me. Even um even just like with the internet, I think it's completely just warped what comedy and even what sketches are defined as. Because yeah. mm-hmm. like there was a point as I was getting into comedy where I was leaning towards like, oh, I have some ideas for some sketches that I want to do. Yeah. But then I seen how the nature of sketches were being played out and online. how it was being consumed. Right. And I was like, oh, these are not the type of sketches that I want to do. Yeah. So then it kind of just put this bad taste in my mouth. Where I was just like, oh, damn. All right. Well, this is where sketches are at. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. And there are some really, some good ones out there. But yeah, there's some really like, good ones. But it's just like, that's just, I knew after like studying stand up comedy, it's more bad than good though. Yeah, way more bad than good. And it's like growing up watching stand up comedy. Like I know that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. I knew yeah. what that really was. I'm like, well, that's gonna take away from exactly me actually working on my actual stand up. Like right. I need to get a jump shot. Why am I gonna worry about constantly dribbling? Like just focus on just dribbling. Right, yeah. right, like, bro. You need to go. Shoot, put some shots up. Yeah, yeah, he ain't doing nothing with the ball. And yeah, you, and you also want to like build your persona and your brand and stuff like that. Find your like, voice. It's just like, cause like you know, I I have a my biggest following is on Twitter, right? So I'll meet like other like 
creators on Twitter and stuff like that. And I'll be like, all right, you got a lot of followers, but like, what is your thing? What are you doing? Like, do you do the people that follow you know what you do? So that's it. And that's the thing. It's like, I know people that got a lot of followers that can't sell out a show because the people that follow them, that ain't what they follow you for. They follow uh-huh. you for a meme. They don't follow you to come see you live. They don't give a right. fuck. And so when my Twitter, I make sure people know I am a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm here is to make you laugh. So you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to buy a ticket and go see this nigga when he in my town. Right. That's the only reason I have a Twitter. I do not have a Twitter because I just like saying things into a void. Yeah, right. <laughs> my, Into a void. Bro, if, I, if, I didn't, if I didn't do comedy, I would not be on social media. No, yeah. Bro, I remember saying the same, same shit. Bro, same shit. I hate bro. that shit. Yeah, same, it's same, bro. I remember um, when I did the f- this film that's not even out, the language of reason. Bro, I didn't have a Facebook. I didn't have no Instagram have or none of that anymore. shit. Right. So I ended up getting this role in the language of reason. The director convinces me, oh, you guys, you got to get your Facebook, get your social media back together. We about to drop this film. Da, 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 da. All right, I fucking get the social media. Nigga, we never dropped the film. <laughs> now you in the void for nothing. <laughs> I'm in this bitch <laughs> waiting on this shit to drop. And it's just like, man, I was, yeah, I was just much more better without it. Yeah. I think we all are. Bro, one of my favorite comedians, and I actually got to meet him when we auditioned for SNL together a few weeks ago. His name, damn, his name is Ethan Simmons Patterson. Super funny dude. Black dude does comedy in New York. He he don't have social media. Oh yeah, kudos. you were just talking about funny that. Kudos fuck. to that nigga, right? He's I, funny, bro. Man. He's funny as fuck. One of the best comics I've ever seen live, bro. He's funny as fuck. And I'm like, damn, I've been pushing so hard on the social media shit. We in the same room, nigga. <laughs> I was just laughing. We were just laughing, but I was like, I'm jealous of you, bro. That you ain't got this shit. Like you just focused on the craft and living your life, but I'm out here tweeting and trying to sell tickets and shit. It's like I I hate that shit, and like that's what when I talk about like the generations before us, they didn't have to do that. <laughs> no. I get mad while when I'm editing and doing and like doing yeah. all this shit. Sometimes I'm like, God damn, why the fuck I gotta do all this shit? Right. I enjoy it, but then it's like, nigga, we should not have to be wearing so I'm, many I'm hats. Just, yeah, because I'm just like, damn, like, well, we have the great stand up specials that we have from like the 80s and 90s and 2000s. If these niggas was having a tweet and make reels and TikToks instead of going to hitting no. the stage, no, <laughs> like, dog, no. It, it, and so, and then I see people that are just like, they really focus on that part. And then the stand up is just lacking, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And so, then people watch that and be like, oh, well, all the funny's just on the internet. There's no point in going to see a show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it sucks, but it just it's it just takes like people really focusing on the craft, but then you gotta you gotta figure the internet shit out somehow. <laughs> like it sucks, but like it's just what you have to do. Yeah. Like, I think um my advice is like if you're on the ground, like build something from day one. Right. If you really thinking about doing this shit, be willing to build something, figure out what that is to build. Yeah. But definitely work on your craft, man, because you being you and you being authentic and you being in your in your flow is what's going to set you apart from niggas who are trying to copy <laughs> yeah. or who are not doing that, you know. And that shit fizzles out. 
the people that don't focus on the craft and all this other shit, that shit fizzles out, man. Like, cause I just, I just think about like 2016 and 2017 and 2018, like those three years, like the places we would be doing comedy at, like, gutter, like, gutter. bro, it's just like, <laughs> cause it's like, you know, to look at union hall, we sell out union hall in New York city, right? All these people are like just coming to enjoy the show. But it's like you would never even believe the places we would tell you we were performing at five years ago. Yeah, hell no. To each other and shit. Oh, yeah. You know? That's why, like, 100 people at a show, like, bro, that, I'm overjoyed. Like, I remember fucking performing in a coffee shop Mm -hmm. to three niggas just waiting to. Mm -hmm. We're toasted and roasted. Yeah, like, three niggas waiting to do they set. So they not even halfway listening to the jokes that you're trying to tell. You know I remember one of the, yeah one of the best days I'll never forget. Uh-huh. It was me, you, Chaz, and Brandon Briggs, uh-huh. and we were toasted and roasted. We did hella mics that day. We that did. Shit was fun. Uh, maybe donkeys. Yeah. But then, oh, we went to uh that room down the street on Melrose, uh-huh. up the stairs, and then I think we did like next stage or Hooters or something. Like yeah. That. We did just like four or five mics in a day. Like I remember those days we all going to open mics together and doing all that shit. And now I see all the people that really was working at those mics and yeah. really was really like actually telling jokes and yeah. not doing weird comedian pandering shit. Yeah. Like they're doing really well right now. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. getting opportunities and they're working their ways in or they're they're doing development spots. Like they're doing mm-hmm. like it's it's starting to pay off. Really and that was is. like people from like five years ago. Yeah. And so it's just like and I feel like this internet shit thinks makes people think like they can shortcut stuff. It's like, well, I got eighty thousand followers. I'm gonna run a show with my friends or whatever. Like, okay, that's gonna be cool. But like, what are you gonna <laughs> you do? Are not prepared. What are you gonna do when you go do a show and it's people that don't follow you at the show? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And what are you really gonna do at the show if you've already did, like you said, you've already did the meme. You know, so it's like. How do you recreate a meme for 30 minutes? Yeah. And what does that even look like? You know, because it's like once like the gag is already up, especially if it's something that doesn't really stand alone, like it's not like a one man act or some shit. Uh So it's going to be like, man, you really got to figure out what is the hook. What the hook going to be? People have already digested like the Internet version of it. You know, yeah. so they've already seen what that comedy is, and it's kind of like what we talked about on the episodes before. Because I, I really do truly believe, the more that people access comedy through social media, the more that the audience is going to adjust their palate, and they're gonna. It's like food. Like there's recipes like your family can make, or there's some shit that you might cook up, and then let's say, uh, <laughs> it's a you don't have rosemary this time. And it don't taste the same, mm. but you just keep cooking it for the next fucking five years without rosemary. The next everybody who's been eating it like that, they get adjusted and to eating you put, it, yeah, like that without the, that ingredient. So I feel like, man, it's really shitty. But until people come out and see a y'all have to be here show or Ooh. any show that we a part of in general, y'all ain't really getting the view of no real comedy. We shit. did a show the night before y'all had to be here. That was our first time going up. And uh, on like an uh, actual like a, a you know your typical like stand up comedy show with just yeah. you know individual comedians going up on the lineup you know your host and I guess your headliner well yeah we went in to, like pretty much the middle of that shit all four of us oh yeah Johnny out of town Johnny ain't here today. oh yeah Johnny not Johnny here. out doing shows in New York still. yeah still yeah. out there it'll be back next week though it. well yeah so that was our first time going up middle of the show 
for like a split second, the audience was like, what, what? the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thought we was about to rap or Yeah shit. like what the fuck is this Niggas to boys Nigga what is this <laughs> Niggas to laughs uh, My homie Jared Shout out to him for you know Letting us do it He, uh, I just told him like Don't yeah. say it's a podcast Cause then people are gonna be like Wait what's going on Just say yeah. Just say we y'all had to be here We doing the show Yeah Yeah shout out to him man He, I really appreciate that Cause yeah. For that split second They were like What And then as soon as we start talking it was they over. were like, "Oh shit! Uh, this a la carte comedy." <laughs> it was over. It was over with. And we did like we did like ten minutes together. She yeah, was fun. yeah, that shit was dope. It was like, man, it's kind of like one of those things I think about. Damn, some of these sets we don't get recorded. It's like shitty that we yeah. should. That we one was got so it. fire. Like, but that, it's like that that fire that that uh that uh set like that was um that would have been clipped up like a oh, motherfucker. Oh hella my clips. gosh. Hell I just feel clips like those are there. moments where they're like, oh man, you have to be there. It was Nas, <laughs> Buster Rhymes, <laughs> Kid Cabrera, Master B. Hey, hey, everybody got off. Did y'all record it? No, no, no. Nobody had a camera recorder? Nope. Nope. There was ass and titties too, man. It was great. We were smoking weed in there. Wu Tang, you missed. Man, it was like, fuck. No, but that was dope. That whole that was, NYPD that was like our, shit was funny. I as know. Fun. And that was like a warm up for. What we Excellent. did for our show, so it was cool to like kind of get that in. Yeah, that warm up too that made it so much like it was. I don't know. It just felt like it was effortless when we did the show. Yeah, it was like whoop. We, we grew just, up. More. We got like, into it. We had a growth spurt because of that. Yeah. Straight up, because like we we were posting something. We're gonna post something next week. Well, actually, it'll come out like two days after this. But we're gonna post like a vlog. Of our time in New York, and uh, you'll get to see a little bit of the show because we can't give you the whole show because you had to be there. Like that's you had to if be you want to really see what happens, come. We'll give you a little snippet here and there. We'll give you a couple clips, but you really want that full experience to see what that whole room, standing room only, is exclusive. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. I, that's that show why, is so fun. September twenty third. I'm I'm so hyped. This Basement is, Fest L A. It'll be our it's it'll, going down. It'll be our first time headlining a festival. As a group, and right so here. that shit, that shit's gonna be really fun. Nine thirty at the Legion Theater in L.A. Bro, I'm so excited. Tickets are on sale. They're Pull going. It's gonna sell out pretty quick. We we confirmed a very big special guest this morning. I can't say who it is. Oh shit! Like, I think I think we'll announce it like the day before the show because. I don't. I don't want him. I don't want him being like, oh, so y'all just y'all just using me. Like, y'all, use me huh? oh, y'all can't do this shit yourself, huh? <laughs> so I, I want to sell a lot of tickets ourselves, and then the day day before we'll drop the drop the guest. I'll just say, if you watch TV, you know who this guy is. And TV, y'all love TV. Got your pussies wet, didn't it? Shut up. <laughs> Why you gotta call him out like that? That's, all, that's what everybody. They might have already had the rabbit out and everything. <laughs> now, you gotta, now you gotta make them put the rabbit back in the goddamn <laughs> ass back in there. Y'all wanna uh, y'all wanna end with a segment? Yeah, let's do it. What you got? You got an idea for a segment, Arthur? You got something? I got. I mean, I guess I got an idea. You got something? What you all got? right. Whatever. Pick between like the last couple of TV shows or movie that you've seen. You are now the main character in that show or movie. Ooh. What is that show or movie, and what would you do in that situation? Oh, what would I do in this in that so, situation? What's the show? Breaking Bad. Uh oh. Oh shit. I'm Walter White. Nigga. Oh shit. This nigga Walter Black. What you want to do? Walter Black. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? Man. What I'm 
doing? Just it's like there's so much to do. Yeah. I'm gonna stop fucking with Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> you cut Jesse off. I'm cutting your bitch ass off. <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust a tweaker. <laughs> <laughs> Gusto Dufresne told that nigga too. That's you can't trust a drug addict. So real, I'm cutting that nigga off, man. I'm, I know the science, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, you know, not not in the beginning. I would have had to cut him off, like, yeah, towards like what season four, three, four, cutting him off, man, because he be fucking up. Yeah. And it's just like, I understood he had the soft place with Jesse in his in his chest. It was like he was like an uncle to him. Mm-hmm. But hell no, <laughs> that ain't your blood. Cut that nigga off, and he tweaked. Cut him off. Y'all would have cut him off. Uh, and also, I would have left my wife. Mm. After she just had a kid? Oh, yeah. She did have a baby, though. Nah, damn. <laughs> you ain't shit. He said, nah. I would have told her from the jump. I would have told her, like, hey, look. The baby coming. This shit for the baby. I don't want to hear shit. Because I got cancer, goddammit. I know what the fuck I'm doing. So we about to get it. So, you know, you could work your job, quit your job, start braiding hair. I don't give a damn. God damn. <laughs> Stay your ass at home. It helped me with this shit. And then my son, damn. My son, you know, don't tell the nigga shit. You know, keep him doing, <laughs> keep him going to school. <laughs> I would have made, made my, my wife handle that. Skylar, you take care of that nigga, okay? I'll play basketball with him. <laughs> 2K, actually. Right. Yeah. He probably be good. What's y'all TV show? Uh, shit, I haven't been watching shit lately. I feel like I was like the last thing that we were watching was this fool. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, that shit is hilarious. I love it. Uh, man, I shout out know. to Chris and Frankie and Jamar. Man. Shout, shout out, out to did. everybody in that bitch. Curtis yeah, Cook. Such, Curtis Cook wrote on the show. He's hilarious. Such a great. Nathan job. was in that show. Yeah, yeah Nathan Hurd. Y'all, y'all, top to bottom, y'all killed that shit. Yeah, top. To, yeah, agree, man. Like kudos to everybody on that shit because y'all killed that shit. Like that's def. It's, it has a lot of replay value. That's yes. what me and Arthur were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, we already. I'm on my second, it. third time. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, like the third last time, time I think I've watching. been watching was when we were out in New York, and uh, I mean that shit is just perfect. I would just love to be in plugged in yeah. into that bitch because yeah. it's just like a perfect like fucking little <laughs> remind. It's like encapsulates what L.A. Yes, like navigating L.A. especially. Yes. As a youth, like coming out of fucking school and shit like that, like having these different friend groups and Preach, shit like nigga. that, it just definitely feels like, oh man, that's definitely some shit that I can relate to. So every area of that, every character of that shit is hilarious. It made me feel like I was oh, at home. Yeah, yeah. I felt at home this, watching it. Yeah. The scenes I relate with, like, it's just funny. And for <laughs> me to be a black person, to relate to a show that's predominantly a Hispanic, you know, mm-hmm. Latino leaning yeah. show. I think it's just, you know, a clear example of like how comedy when done well and done right, done right. can be constructive, could be relatable, can be fun. And yeah, like everybody plays a really cool fucking Bro. role on that shit. Like if I if you could have been somebody for me, if I got to choose, you would be the nigga if that put in the the first or second episode. Where they get into the, uh, they're like getting into it, and he was like, he was like, oh, I see it in your eyes. Why don't you go ahead and swing, then, homie? <laughs> and then he was like, 
when your mom died, you wasn't there for her. <laughs> and then the dude that was standing there with Jamar, he was like, damn, hey, don't tell this fool nothing, dog. <laughs> So funny. Don't tell this yeah. fool. Don't tell this fool nothing Don't about your life, fool. dog. Nothing. Damn, that was low. Yeah, that. That was yeah. Yeah, that shit is great. That shit is classic. So, yeah. Shout out to this fool, man. I could see, luck. yeah, be either either one of the main characters. You know. Yeah. Thugs not thugs. Thugs, yeah. thugs not thugs is funny, man. Great. That's oh, it's hilarious. classic. That's a perfect fucking Fred, little. Shout out to uh, Fred Armisen is like the executive yeah. producer. Oh, okay. That's why, he, that's why that he plays the rich guy that comes in. Yeah. At the end. Yeah, I love Fred Armisen. Yeah. He's uh, funny in that bitch. <laughs> what about you? Now, what mean, you the about? last thing I saw, and I, y'all need to go watch this movie because I think we should talk about it on here. Uh, it's this new movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah. I saw it, bro. That shit yeah. is really funny it. and it's really dope. Um. But yes, yeah, I don't want to tell like the movie because I want y'all to watch it and I don't want to spoil it or anything. But um, it's essentially a movie about some like young people, young rich people that are like spending a weekend together during a hurricane. So they're staying at this like really nice Pete Davidson's character in the, yeah. in the movie. His parents have this really nice house. So like the friend group is all hanging out at this house during the hurricane and then the power goes out and some fucked up shit happens. Um and so I guess like if I had been in that situation, um, I probably would have told people where I was at. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm with these weird rich kids. Like, if you don't hear from me from like a few hours, pull up. <laughs> like, like look for me or some right. shit. I'm dropping a pen. Yeah. Just let you know. Just to Damn. let you know where I'm at. Cause but it, it's a hurricane though, too. Yeah, that's true. At least you people would know where you are. Yeah, you said like a final message yeah. for the people who ain't in the hurricane. Right. Damn. That's that's definitely what I would. That's definitely what I would have did. But I don't want to spoil the movie because it's really good. It's really good. It got some really good twist. So yeah, if y'all get a chance to watch that, I think it's a good one to talk about. Yeah, I was trying to, and then it was only shown at a theater that was like all the way in Burbank. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, I had shit to do that day. I'm gonna watch it though. Definitely check it out. It's a good one. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Hey, Amen. Hell yeah. So yeah, bro. Um, we got John behind the fucking keys. Appreciate you, John. Appreciate you, John. Punching this up. Good looking Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Y'all have to be here. Purchase some merch. Get you, know, you some merch. Get you some, some merch. merch. Watch Damn. Notice to Quit. Fucking purchase you some tickets to goddamn Basement Fest. Basement Fest LA. Come out. It's like an independent comedy and music festival September 22nd through the 24th at the historic Elysian Theater out here in LA. It's about to be fun, bro. Uh, six shows over three nights. It's going to be some really great people, some special guests, some really fun. I mean, dog, we did it in New York, and it was crazy. It was and I, crazy. I know LA is, is going to be the same thing, so get your tickets because it's going to sell out. It was the Olympics of comedy. Yeah. yeah. You know what? There are some stairs that are kind of similar to New York, so See, don't say stay that. away from I don't it. Even you want, you, you, My head started There's, a, there's like in a couple spots, I think one's where the bathroom goes, but you know. Shit, I bust my shit at the last basement fest. Yeah, we're gonna put one of those like lifts to go up the stairs yeah, for you. Yeah. And uh and it's just, it's gonna be some really dope things just happening like 
uh, we're y'all had to be here. This will be our first ever headline night on a yeah. festival. So you want to be in the building for that? Uh, the late show on Saturday. I'm taping my third special called Live from L.A. again. So it's just mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of really cool shit, and we got some scoopty boopties where I shot my first special in the house. This will be their first ever show, not at a house in an apartment or a backyard. It's gonna be their first On a festival. Sh- it's gonna be their first show in a fucking theater. There's gonna be so much magic in the yes. air. So it's yeah, just it's it's so, so magic. much magic in the air. Like you will just. And I haven't announced this. I haven't announced this yet, but I'll I'll do it on the podcast. But uh, what I'm doing is, uh, if you buy a ticket to Basement Fest, you are now in the like the drawing, and the, you have a chance to win a golden ticket. I'll be giving out three golden oh, tickets. Shit! And basically, you can get a hundred dollars just for coming to the festival. So three people that buy tickets to Basement Fest will win a hundred dollars. They'll get oh, a gold. You about to make money coming to the festival? Exactly. Think how crazy is that? I'm about you, to buy me a ticket. Right. Nigga. You make you make <laughs> you make money by coming and having a good time. Yeah. That's crazy. That's but real. That's that's how bad I want to have a really good event and just provide a dope experience. And uh, my uh, so like you know I own the festival so like. I make the most money from it, and so uh, I'm donating all of my share to the Jackson, Mississippi water crisis because that's where I'm from. And bum, 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 yeah. bum, bum, bum. there's a it's it's like it's thousands of people in Mississippi right now that don't have access to clean water. Yeah. People are having mm-hmm. to buy water bottles just like this that I have just frivolously. Mm-hmm. They're buying water bottles to take baths and showers and to help their kids and shit like that. And schools are having to shut down and all this mm-hmm. crazy shit. And so I'm just horrible. trying to trying to do my part, try to donate a couple thousand dollars to get some clean water for some folks. So if you buy a ticket to Basement Fest here in L.A., you'll be helping my people out in Mississippi. So I appreciate you guys. Boom. Help them out. We got, yeah. we got about tickets. 700 tickets to sell. So we, we, we it's time to get them, get them going. It's going. Let's get it. Get your ticket. Come uh, witness something that's going to change your life. Bring a friend and have that friend bring a friend. Yeah. And then like and subscribe to this YouTube channel because we got more shit coming. Johnny Mac going to be back next week. Yes, Yes, sir. sir. And uh, we'll see y'all next week, too. Peace.